You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Go Wild. Now, the Go Wild app has added some really cool and exciting functionality to their app. And the first one I want to talk about is the Near Me function. And basically what this does, it allows you to engage and connect with people in your area. You guys can talk about gear. You guys can talk about hunting areas. You guys can talk about what's going on in the woods. And it just allows the users to be more of a community and connect easier. The second part is the gearbox. And what the gearbox is, it is a an opportunity for the users to not only see reviews on products and see what the go wild community is using in the field what products they're using but it also allows you guys to purchase up to 150,000 products there's you, there's a shopping function on it so Check out the Go Wild app. If you haven't downloaded it to your phone yet, you need to, and you can do that at any app store that is currently available. Go Wild. It's an awesome app. Check them out. This is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Shoot up there! Yeah! 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 Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week do you spend out As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. In this episode of the Houndsman XP podcast. Seth tracks down another sidehound guy from uh, the Oklahoma-Texas border. And Seth, you want to lay out our guest? You want to lay out? That didn't sound right. Lay out our guest. You want to introduce <laughs> our guest? Yeah. So um, I don't know if you today, can lay him out. I mean, I mean uh, he seems maybe, like a, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. We'll find out when I go hunt with him. <laughs> so this is my friend Scotty, and uh, we've been talking a little bit um, over the past probably month but we've known each other and had peripheral conversation for about hmm, six months and he's just a real a, good does guy Scotty have a last name uh he's a, a mysterious hunter no scotty williams right and right. uh <laughs> he uh real friendly guy i really like talking to him he's real respectful real positive real outgoing and he cares a lot about 
the core values of Houndsman XP, you know, preserve, protect, promote. And I was like, man, this is a guy I really want to talk to. And, and, he, uh, he was a fun guy to talk to. Yeah, he was. And, and he was, uh, more than happy to get down and, and talk about all kinds of stuff with us, which really makes me happy. I love meeting people like that. So, uh, it, yeah, it's a good one. I was really happy to have him on. He was definitely a good guest. And I think our listeners are going to find out real quick that this is an extreme performance houndsman, you know, and, uh, you can tell by his experience and, and he touches on a few things that really, I mean, you figure out pretty quick that this guy is passionate about what he does and knowledgeable, knowledgeable. So Definitely. And that's what that's what makes him extreme performance. So no doubt it's going to be a great episode. Before we get there, Seth, I'm going to throw you a softball here. You're the guy that, that does a lot of work on our Patreon page and, and for our Patreon account. All those patrons out there, we love you guys. Um, can't and gals can't tell you how much we appreciate your support but a lot of the cool content that's coming out of patreon uh seth is putting that together so seth i want you to talk about patreon and what's going on over there so yes first of all thank you to all of our patrons and uh, you can find us at www.patreon.com search in that top right search bar for houndsman xp and you'll see us there you can pick one of three of the uh, subscription levels, and for as little as a dollar an episode, you can help us keep the lights on. And Patreon is a way to just kind of think of it as a, a sneak peek at the Hounds on XP podcast. We, we really put a lot of extra content there. Um, we have neat articles. We have, um, we have contributors and friends of HXP and the staff that put on pro tip videos, to how, just everything you can think of, how to train young hounds, even how to tie your boots. Right. Um, things, <laughs> hey, that's a good tip. Uh, things that, uh, uh, you know, cool stuff from our sponsors, cool videos that we're using, neat things that, that uh, help friends of HXP. Um, it's just a place that we can all gather around and, and see even more things, uh, extra stuff that we just can't put in an in a audio format. So it's a place to um, basically, if you can't get enough HXP, <laughs> it's a good way to get more awesome and, uh, and very personal content that is just exciting things that we want to put out there. So, uh, coming soon, we're going to have tailgate talks. They're, they're going to be debuted really soon. Um, they're just an extra mini podcast. So if you just want to hear bonus. us talk to more people, bonus material, yep, yep. In, in small, short segments. And, uh, we also have, like I said, um, videos and all kinds of stuff. So anyway, you know, one thing, is, one thing I would add to that, Seth, about Patreon is that it's actually a community, you know, it's a community right. of dedicated houndsmen, who believe in our mission to preserve, protect, and promote the houndsman lifestyle, to build unity in the hound, houndsman community. Totally. And there's places on there. We have, we have members that are using our Patreon account to post pictures of their dogs, uh, using that community aspect of it and making posts. So it's actually kind of like a social media outlet, but it's, it's going to be for our Patreon members. So if you, you want to get more in-depth on hound hunting and things that are going on out there, then if you join us for a dollar a show, you're going to have access to all that stuff. Plus, right, you're, plus you're cool. Hanging. I'm sorry, Seth, but plus no, no, cool, cool uh, discounts to uh, premium hunting gear. There you uh, go. Things like paws are protected and everything at dogs are treed. Uh, you know, paws are protected is a uh, 
pad conditioner for your dogs that's absolutely sweeping the hound hunting sport by storm. Kevin and Nancy Hall out in Incom, Idaho, have put this product together, and uh, you can it's go. Great. Yeah, you can go to Dogs Are Treed on Facebook and look up or their website at dogsartreed.com and look at the testimonials on this product. Build your pack from the ground up. It starts with good feet, and it's a preconditioner, pad conditioner. Great stuff. One thing I wanted to note about our Patreon, too, is, and you beat me to it, but, yeah, definitely, is that the, the community aspect is strong there, and that's one of the things I really wanted to highlight. You're among like-minded houndsmen that really care about the mission of HXP, and it means a lot to us, and we want to you know carry on that um that message and so thank you for helping us carry that message on and if you want to join houndsman xp it's as simple as one two three and and we really appreciate it, it helps helps us I, I want to be able to travel and and see other people hunt i think we all do and that's the mission hxp and and uh yeah just keep bringing the best podcast in the world even better that's right and patreon also helps us fund a very important mission at houndsman xp and that is our work with and partnership with Freedom Hunters. Freedom yes, Hunters sir. is a nonprofit organization that takes military veterans, their families, Gold Star family members on outdoor adventures across the country. And Houndsman XP is partners with Freedom Hunters to bring more people into our circles of hound hunting and hound adventures. So we've got great events coming up. Uh, we're planning those right now. I'm actually the Hounds, uh, Houndsman XP Freedom Hunters Outdoor Adventure Coordinator now. So I am taking care of working with Anthony Pace, but I'm taking care of all those requests that we're getting from across the country to, to give that shout out and, and thanks to America's warriors through Freedom Hunters. Couldn't have said it better myself, brother. What else we got before we jump into this episode? Well, I have been using my phone scope like crazy, so I just wanted to <laughs> say thanks for that, and uh, that's a sweet thing. Get out and digiscope. You won't forget that. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to follow. You need to follow them on on social media, Instagram, Facebook, both uh, phone scope, Pyroputty. Uh, Scoped Industries is a multi-product uh, outdoor company that specializes in some pretty cool gear. You know, Pyro Putty, for instance, it's always in my pack. I've always got it with me. It's a fire starter. Um, it, it, I think you can light it, almost light it underwater. I'm not sure. but uh, Light is a feather, too, which is oh, what's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's super good stuff and uh, for those, for those uh, survival fires. So it's always in my pack. And then you got phone scope and you got cooler tray. They even have a company that does custom stock dipping. So um, you can send a rifle stock out there and they can put your favorite camo pattern on it. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's yep. awesome. Yep. And they can dip whatever you want, really. I mean, they can dip um, all kinds of products. So make sure you go to phone scope, but you dig into those those other layers of that company a lot of cool stuff going on out there. So we want to give them a shout-out. Another cool company that I want to throw a shout-out to is Stickbow Outdoors. <clears throat> they just came on board with us as a partner. They're a Patreon sponsor, but they're also um, – we're going to be rolling out some special codes for 
our listeners that they can get 10% off of a purchase at Stickbow Outdoors, and that is the Hound Journal and the Logbook. And we're going to have Brent on here real soon to talk about those two products that uh, extreme performance houndsmen need. Totally agree. Yeah, I was doing one before I knew that was a thing, and I like their setup a lot better than what I was using on Microsoft Excel. Let's just say that. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm very excited to get my hands on one of those and use it this coming up coursing season what a great product yep i knew a data guy like you would be excited about that set oh i am i am i think it's a great way to log it in 20 years you'd be like how good was pronto well i have the exact numbers to tell you how good he was (laughs) right right yeah it's pretty cool stuff for sure well seth i think we're ready to roll out this podcast let's do it brother it was fun making this one with you i agree and and thanks for joining us I, i was really happy to have you on board yep Folks, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you taking time to spend it with us at Houndsman XP. And without any further delay, here's Scotty Williams and the HXP crew talking about sidehounds. Scotty, let me tell you why I was late this morning. It has a lot to do with the spicy guacamole dip from last night. <laughs> I know that's kind of a crazy way to start a podcast, but hey, let's let's just get it right out there in the open. The reason I'm running late this morning, uh, getting over here to the big country studios at my buddy Donnie's house is um, because of some spicy guacamole, and it just kind of held me up a little bit this morning. So I apologize for being tardy, Scotty. I'm glad to have you oh. on the show. I had no worries at all, man. I'm I'm glad everything came out all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this uh, may not have. It, it may not have. I <laughs> think I think we got it all taken care of. So good. Yeah. Good. good did you hit any wire when you pooped through that screen door? Uh, I don't think I did, man. I don't think, <laughs> I think it. Uh, and I I mean I eat a lot of I eat a lot of Mexican food. I really do. Even up here in Indiana, we got a great local local spot that's that's run by mexicans and uh i know them all they know me all, all of them know me and they just about know what i'm going to order when i come in so yes, pretty sir. familiar you need, to, you need to come down to texas try some real tex mix oh yeah i've been i've been to texas i love eating the and i like yeah. going to the uh i don't like going to the the you know the re- restaurant there by this by the mall i like oh no no I like no, no, the, no you don't yeah. do that yeah. Yep. I, no, forget, you don't. I forget where we ate when we went down to Scotty or down to uh, Shorty's. When we were down there recording Shorty Gorham down at Catula, there was a yes. Desi's is the name of it. And it's, um, man, I can't remember the name of the town now, but it was authentic and it was good. Right. It was good stuff. So I rodeoed with Shorty for 15 years. I was a professional bullfighter also. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, small sir. That's, wow. what, I did. Small That's what I did for a living for 16 years. So, yeah. yeah. But, then, uh, you know, I've always had dogs. Me and Shorty got to go cat hunting a couple of times together. He's uh, He's got some really good stuff. He, he, That man knows what he's doing when it comes to cat hounds. Right, right. So. Well, Seth, you want to introduce this guy that yeah, we got so, on here? Uh, Let's do it. This is my friend, uh, Scotty Williams. Uh, we've seen each other on uh, various Facebook forums over the years. And uh, just recently we were talking and I was like, this is the kind of houndsman that I want to talk to more. So uh, I said, hey, you should be on the show with us. And here he is. So Scott, say hi to the HXP world, brother. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I just love the way he, uh, he composed himself and, uh, he was always real excited to talk to people and always had a, just a, a great energy and just a, a really good way of preserve, protect, promote to him that I think was, uh, was ideal the kind of man i like to talk to so i'm really excited to have you on the show brother thanks for joining us uh i sure appreciate y'all taking the time to have me on the show yeah and i I like the fact that we're you know we're talk gonna talk about something that we haven't spent a lot of time on in this show and that is coyote hunting with side hounds i'm i'm really excited to hear about about this so you know it's funny every oh sorry chris uh, every person when I post pictures of my greyhounds running is never more than the third comment for, between the first and third comment. Someone's like, do you hunt coyotes with them? And so I was like, I got to get a good sight hound coyote hunter on the show to talk about it because I say no. And I explain why, but I do have lots of friends that hunt coyotes and I myself go out and get, you know, pictures and, and stuff of the coyote hunts. But I just happened to, have more hairs in my area and uh yeah I, i'm but i'm glad to have someone to represent sight hound coyote hunting so thank well, you again scott <laughs> yes sir well uh the the reason why you probably get so many questions about if you run coyotes on them is because it's a national kind of pastime uh president teddy roosevelt hunted coyotes with greyhounds and that's uh the town that i live in burke Burnett, is actually <clears throat> named after where he met two gentlemen which is Mr. Burke and Mr. Burnett. And Mr. Burnett owned the Four Sixes Ranch here. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. They come here. They came to Burke Burnett, just west of Burke Burnett, and set up camp, and they hunted red wolves back then, which is just kind of a bigger coyote, basically, a Mexican red wolf. But uh, And so they named this town after the coyote hunt. Huh. That's yeah, awesome. It's pretty, pretty crazy, yeah. Uh, <laughs> A lot of, back in the generations, a lot of people, a lot of older generation men coyote hunted with greyhounds. So. I had read in Teddy's book that he was talking about that the American West bred coyote hound was one of the only dogs that could defeat a wolf in combat. He he would actually had quoted saying that uh, the hunter had sent out two pit fighting like dogs to try to dispatch the wolf and the wolf like slayed both of them. And what? then these... Amer- yeah, you read it yes, in his sir. book. Yes, sir. Yeah, and these yeah, that's American, in his book. Yes, sir. Yeah, and these big American, uh, power, powerful sighthounds could run out and take a full-grown gray wolf on no problem. So it was pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Those dogs are, they're incredible. And that's the thing I try to describe to people is that like, people think that sighthounds are weak because they're skinny, and I'm like, you have never seen a coyote dog. <laughs> they are, <laughs> they're total powerhouses. Yes, sir. Well, Scott, I got Scotty. I got to ask you this question. I mean, this is a Houndsman XP Extreme Performance. So, uh, what makes you an Extreme Performance Houndsman? What do you think? Oh, oh man, it's just a. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just the love for the dog, you know. Uh, to look, I, I am fascinated with a good dog race, with a uh, watching a dog do exactly what he was bred to do. Um, and it doesn't matter if they catch the coyote or catch the hare or anything like that. That that's that's not about what it is. It's it's more of just being able to pull the rope and letting them dogs go do their job. What we breed them for, what we what we try to raise them up for, and what we what every houndsman wants the best out of their dogs. 
that's that's the game to me is is just watching the dogs do exactly what what we've tried to train them to do and what their natural instinct is is to go catch the prey well it seems Amen. seems like that that's a common thread among all the extreme houndsmen that i know you know it really doesn't matter what the game is you're chasing uh right. you know it's it's about the performance of those dogs and being involved in the hunt and it, yes, what's sir. on what's in front of the dogs doesn't matter <laughs> you know when you boil it right down a houndsman right. yes, the, com- the we, common we, thread that binds us all together is is that hound out there doing what he's given everything he's got pouring his guts out pouring his heart out into doing what he's what he's trained to do mm-hmm. yes sir so around here in texas we my greyhounds specifically my greyhounds i use them for all sorts of game um I catch pigs with them. I catch coons. I catch rabbits with, you know, hares. And then again, I catch coyotes with them. My main, my main source is I, I like to coyote hunt. I like to try to catch coyotes. But like I said, I catch pigs with them. I mean, anything that moves, these dogs will go get, you know. Yep. Yep. Well, we <laughs> definitely hares, want to, but you, that's just what they happen to see. <laughs> yeah. So we, we definitely want to get drilled down into each part of that. But Seth, you've got a few questions that you thought might lead lead us into this adventure with uh coyote hunting with side hounds so yes i'm gonna let you roll with it sounds good so scotty the first question i really had for you is you know i want you to kind of build a picture to our audience of what a coyote bred side hound looks like and and acts like in the field so basically my question is what is your picture of an ideal coyote sight hound. And, and I know that changes a little bit by, by the terrain and the country you hunt, but kind of break it down for us what you like in a nice coyote bred greyhound and what they overall are like compared to, say, a, a rabbit dog, a hare dog. Okay. Uh, me, myself, personally, I, I like a, a bigger bred dog. Uh, kind of got a little bit more bone structure to them. Uh, oversized head, you know, kind of a bigger just in and all bigger than what you're thinking of like a hot blood or a track dog or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like some with little hair we call stag dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people call them lurchers, whatever, you know, I mean, they, they have various names to them. Um, that's the ones I like to go for. And when it comes to seeing them out in the field, I like, uh, I like a dog that's got some intensity to him. Um, that is constantly watching, constantly trying to figure his game out, you know, wanting to learn uh, what to look for and how to set himself when he comes out of the box, how he runs, you know, uh, the, basically, I guess I could say I'm, I'm kind of looking for the Tony Montoya of Greyhounds, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's what I like is, uh, I like the intensity of, um, I like to start them, start them young, uh, see what they got and, you know, if they, where they lack skills at come fighting sets, you know, where they, where they fight the prey at, you know, if they fight towards more of the, the chest or the head or anything like that, you know, that there's, there's a lot of different ways you can tell, you can help, I mean, you can tell, but you can help a dog along the journeys of when he's, when you're starting one right. to get him situated where he needs to be 
so when you say you like a big dog, what what size range are you talking about? Height to the shoulder and poundage? Because my rabbit dogs are my my male is a, a pretty large rabbit hound and he's twenty eight inches at the shoulder and he's seventy pounds. What what are you talking about for a coyote dog? A big that's, male. That's pretty close to you know, that's uh maybe just a little bit taller and uh my all my dogs average about I don't know, eighty five to hundred and ten pounds. Wow, you know, they're 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 a little bigger. They're uh, I like to try to put some fat backs on them and stuff, so that way they can <laughs> just like we were talking about it earlier. That way they can handle a coyote by themselves. They don't. I don't really necessarily need to turn four or five dogs out at one. One hundred like, pound greyhound. That's so. Most people. When I first saw my first coyote dog, they. I swear it was Mr. David Heiss's coyote dogs. They are like werewolves. They are yes, so they are. huge and powerful. Like I, I can't get over how crazy they look compared to a rabbit dog. The right. End. So, so a lot of people give me that too when they come to my dog pens. You know, for the first time, there a lot of people that don't know coyote hunting that just see greyhounds on TV or Facebook or anything like that. Ninety five percent of the ones that you see on Facebook or on TV are racing dogs or yep. hot bloods. Yep. Or Slukies or something like that. You know, they all and or show dogs. So they don't understand how much bigger a coyote dog actually is. So why do so, they why do all coyote hunters seem to love hairy dogs? What what's up with stag hounds being the the big trend for coyote hunters? Because I've always kind of wondered that because I've heard of cold blood greyhounds being like they, they just look like a huge greyhound. But why is every coyote hunter I know wants silkies or stags? Why is that? Do you know? Or is uh, that just once, you know? Once again, that goes back to their demeanor. Um, that just, I know that there's something about a, a stag dog that makes them a little bit more ferocious when it comes to a fight. They don't back down. They don't, they don't turn back or anything. You know, there's the uh, kill instinct is, is more aggressive hmm. than, in, than in just a regular hot blood dog or a slukey or anything. You know, I'm, don't get me wrong. There's, there are, there are hot bloods. There are slukies that fight oh, very yeah. well. I've seen but, some tough hot bloods out there. Tough. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I have too, and, and I've raised a bunch of them, and I've had a, I've had quite a few of them. But once, then again, it's one out of every right 30, 35 dogs that you go through that you actually find that toughness mm-hmm. that you don't have in a, in a stag dog in a cold blood. Gotcha. Uh, when it comes to down here around South Oklahoma, Texas. All of our sections are squared off in mile sections. We have five-strand barbed wire fence. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not just on the outsides. It's they quarter sections off with those five-strand barbed wire fence. Right. A hairy dog will take three times less cuts than a mm. slick-haired dog will going go. through those fences. Yeah, because the fences are the bane of our existence. I mean, my dogs, rabbit dogs especially, have paper-thin skin. And so fences will just demolish them. We make sure we keep a big distance between fences as best we can because I hate them. And they can really rip a sight hound up. So that's cool. I never thought about the hair giving them kind of a armor, if you will, like a protection. Yes, sir. It it really does. Scotty, why don't you you describe where you're at and... Describe the terrain for our audience. We've got people listening across the world that want to know where you're turning, you know, where you're hunting and what the terrain looks like. And maybe that'll kind of bridge that gap between, you know, where Seth hunts, where I hunt, where you hunt. Okay. So here, 
here in Texas and, and southern Oklahoma and stuff like that, we don't have uh, big open range places. Uh, the biggest section that you'll have may be a two-mile section, which is 1,400 acres. Well, within that 1,400 acres, you could have a 90-acre wheat field versus, you know, the other acreages all in mesquite patch. Or you uh-huh. could have it in rolling hills and and uh, layouts and stuff like that. Most of it's farmland, but there is a lot of mesquite patches that intertwine with these farmland layouts. So uh, it's yeah. not like uh, everything's like I said was cut off in mile sections. We have square mile sections, seven hundred and forty acres. So within that seven hundred and forty acres, you have a half a mile of mesquite patch and then like i said some wheat and stuff like that or corn just regular farmland mm-hmm. it's they're yeah. not wide open sections the everything yeah, that makes it very tough for a sight hound hunter because i'm i'm imagining that in my head and i'm just shrinking away into my seat right now because like half miles a, section between mesquite and open cover for the you know a sight hound can run across a half mile in 45 seconds so yes, it, it's crazy how that's so you must be breeding for some serious speed because you don't have much time. Yes, sir. Yeah, we, we, I definitely, I've always bred for, with a little hot blood in me, uh, try to get the, you know, the speed out of the jip and stuff, you know, but, uh, it's one of those things that around here, when you hunt, you, it's, uh, it makes you a hunter and you actually, you know, try to help, help yourself. Sometimes you have to run the coyote to where you try to make him go to where you want him to go. So it's not you just don't run up on them. And, you don't just run up on them and, and turn your dogs out. Sometimes you actually have to run the coyote, you know, a, a distance before you can get a turnout on him. Mm-hmm. And then there's sometimes that as soon as you see him, you have to pull your rope right then and just put your dogs on the ground and let them go do the work. Don't worry about where he's going or, you know, if you can try to get there to cut him off or anything like that, you just have to put your dogs on the ground and let them run. Yep. Yep. I noticed that, you know, you were showing me pictures of some of your hounds. Uh, I noticed you had some, some real speedy looking, you know, speedy looking stags. They're, they're a lot, uh, like racy lacy. She's looking a lot quicker than, uh, some of the bigger, heavier built stags I've seen here in the West. Cause like, well, you are the West too, but in my neck of the woods, cause we, the smallest pasture we course on is 8,000 acres. So, I mean, we have so much space to, to run something, but when yes, you're sir. running in those little pastures, yeah, I'm imagining, yeah, like you were saying, sometimes you better get some, something caught and you better get him caught quick or he's going to escape into that mesquite and he's, he's home free. Yes, so sir. That, that racy lacy, uh, she's half hot blood, you know? So she, they're, uh, I, I, I do keep hot blood in mind. I, I like the speed, you mm. know, and I do have some just regular pure stag dogs some cold blood dogs that are more for like I was saying for the intense fight, you know, once they yeah. get there, it's done, it's over with then, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, which but, is an yeah, important part of a pack. Really. That's an important part of a, a large prey pack. You really do need some gritty dogs to get it over with, you know, just get there and, and get the prey dispatched quickly. Yes, you know, it yes, makes it safer for everybody. So that, that was yes, really sir. important thing I learned when I was watching a good coyote pack in action. I was like, wow, this is a really important part of this is to just get in there get the prey caught and get it done and yes sir yeah. uh you know when it comes to coursing dogs every dog can be a catch dog when it comes to coyote hunting 
not every dog is going to be that catch dog. You know, you, 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 you place dogs in your box to help each other out. You, you find out, you go through your pack and you find out which dog can help which other dog out. You know, say yep. you have a, you have a speed dog that goes out and your catch dog goes out and catches a coyote or whatever. Well, you need to send him some help, you know, cause maybe he's a little light on the fight or he just wants to do the catching part of yep. it. You know, yep. he's, he's yep. just not really, you know, keen. He's not really tough enough to, to do the coyote in for him. So he, you have to put some help with him. So you don't necessarily need that much speed to go with him as long as he can catch the coyote. But, you know, they have to have enough speed to stay in the race. You know, I mean, yep. They're, yep. you of can't course. just leave, leave them behind. So They're still a sighthound. They're still fast. I mean, you know, I've seen like a, I've seen catch dogs that are percentage Saluki. I think they're like quarter Saluki and they have a lot of speed. And then the big cold bloods bringing up the rear. But I mean, when I say bringing up the rear, they're still moving quick. They're just oh, yes. hundred yes, pounds. Sir. They're, they're still within links of them. Yes, sir. Yeah. So that's cool. You know, I was thinking, and I was, I've been seeing a lot on Facebook, especially that sight hounds are getting really popular for catching pigs. And earlier in the show, you said you, you were catching pigs with them. So like explain that. How, how do you hunt the? I've never seen that, and that's something I really want to see. So um, I'm going to try to make my way up to you sometime this winter. I want to watch you try to – I want to watch – I want to come hunting with you if that's cool. <laughs> I'm just yes, going to no, throw yes, myself sir. on you yeah, on live. Show. <laughs> yeah, anytime. Uh, that's, you're more than welcome anytime. But uh, when, it. It, when it comes to pigs, it's it's basically kind of the same thing. Uh, you know, we we single a pig out and, and – I me mean, myself, I do. Uh, a lot of the guys that hunt around here, they don't. They just turn them out on some pigs and go to it, let them go to them. But we don't, you know, like you're talking about hog dogs. They they vest them up, stuff like that. We don't vest any of these greyhounds up. We don't, you know, because we're running other game with them. Right. So when we turn out, me myself personally, when I go to a pig and you know want, want to play around with a pig, like my dogs on a pig, I have to single a pig out, make sure. You know, if he don't have any cutters on him or anything like that, <laughs> yeah, he's killed yeah. one of my dogs with or anything. And then, and I just send them and they do just like I was saying, they, they go do their game, you know, what they've been bred to do. They go catch it and they, uh, it, it's hard for a greyhound to kill a pig. Yeah. They're so tough. Very, very tough. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so you really, you, you got to help them out when it comes to that situation, but they make the catch so much faster. So yeah. around here, everybody that has hog dogs, that has cur dogs and, you know, uh, pit crosses and stuff like that are, are breeding the pits with the, with the greyhounds, call them bully stags. So never heard of that, that. makes it, that. yeah, they, they, that's what they're doing here. They call them bully stags. Hmm. Uh, they catch a, they catch a pig so much faster. Yeah. So there's no long process of walking through fields and stuff like that and, and using garments trying to find your dogs and where they have a pig bait up at or anything they just run out there and catch it quick you know so it makes it a lot more lot lot more funner to me being an old man you know that can hardly <laughs> move and everything else I, we used to all hunt all the time and go walk and walk and walk down these rivers and stuff and uh, by the time you get up to where they'd bay the pig would split and and then mm. they'd go another two miles down the river. They made him again. And so when we got into doing it with greyhounds, it just seemed like a whole lot more easier. You know, uh, we use thermals. We go out to the fields, and when we see the pigs, we run up on them in a pickup, just like we do coyote hunting. 
send them from the truck and let them go catch them. And awesome. then we go up and, and do our thing with them. So the do thermals. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I was going to ask if, um, Scotty, so you're, you're expecting your side hounds to catch and hold this, this hog? Yes, they do. <laughs> I'm just kind of, I'm kind of a, silent, like, yeah. what? They actually do. They actually, uh, they will, they will actually go up and take a hold of an ear or, or anything like that. And, and once again, it's the same process of, as of what I was explaining a minute ago with coyote dogs. Uh, these dogs will run up and catch them. And then by the time we, we put all the hog dogs in there with the greyhounds, just like regular or whatever at night. Mm-hmm. And so you have your pits and you have your cur dogs all running behind this greyhound. When once the greyhound turns the pig a couple of times, a pig will try to fight just like a coyote will turn to try to fight back. Uh-huh. And by the time he turns to try to fight, the dog the other dogs are already there. I got you. So you so. got a you got a team thing going on here with these greyhounds. Oh, yes, so that so Yes sir, yeah. We, your greyhound we, is your speed demon. He runs out there Make sure the hog doesn't doesn't get away, and he's turning that. And then by that time, the the cleanup crew gets there and and puts a stop on him. Yes, sir. Gotcha. But you you can use big gritty stags. To, you can use just stag like coyote dogs basically to do it too. I've seen lots of guys doing that as well. I mean, it's a you can do both. I'm, you know, when it was silent after that, I'm grinning because I know a big gritty stag can hold a medium sized pig pretty. Even a big one, he can hold them no problem. They're so yes, tough, sir. so tough. Yes, so sir. Tough. You know, as long as they're not in that. And sometimes I, I have a problem with uh, my dogs personally, and and it's just because of the way I've tried to train my dogs to be head dogs. And what I mean by head dogs is to be able to pin a coyote's head down and not let him turn around and bite the feet or you know bite ankles or or grab a hold of another dog. Mm-hmm. When you have a head dog that pins the coyote's head down, it makes the job so much easier for the mother dogs to kill the coyote. Well, when you turn out on a pig with greyhounds, it's kind of almost like you don't really want that dog to be a you know a head dog no because right. right that's where he's going to get cut and he's going to get beat up you know and and you're taking a you're taking a pretty big risk of losing a good dog that way. You know, yeah, you're again, not like I said. We don't we don't vest these dogs up. We don't have collar cut collars or anything like that on them. And uh, the hog hunters around here that have taken some of my breeding and and made hog dogs with them and stuff like that. Now they do when they do it hog hunting all night and all day. They do vest them up. They do vest the greyhounds up and they do them right. Okay. Me myself personally, I don't. I, I I don't own a cut collar. I don't own a vest. Because it's not my primary game, right? I was going to say you're not spending all your time looking for pigs. If it's if right. a sow is coming across a, a wheat pasture, you're going to send to them. But like that's not you're looking for coyotes mostly. So, yes, sir. Do you ever yes. turn out on hares too? Yes, sir. I do. I do. Uh, I like to uh, start some young dogs that way. Or actually, I, I mean, I say young dogs, but I like to run all my dogs that way, especially young dogs at night before the season starts. To get my dogs in shape, you know, get them out and get them oh, going. Yeah. And, and That'll learning. get them in shape, <laughs> right? Well, you gotta, you, you know, you gotta let them learn how to cut and jive and and move back and forth. Uh, most coyotes try to run pretty much a straight line until the dog walk up to him, and then he might make a cut or two. You know, it's no, but it's 
coyotes aren't like hares. They don't they don't juke and jive constantly. They're not the Barry Sanders of of uh their <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So it's a I different mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Come February, when the end of towards the end of hunting season and when you've caught all the young, dumb, tough coyotes, all you have left are the fast ones that know what they're doing. Then you do run into some of them ones that will run your dogs to death, cut them back and forth back. And they're almost like watching a Fox race. Let me tell you something crazy about a February coyote. This is a, I'm going to all names shall be removed just to protect the pride. But they released a, <laughs> they released three hounds on a three legged coyote that outrun those dogs. A oh, three-legged yes, coyote outran three greyhounds. So the yeah. February guys are tough. That goes for hares too. The the tough the tough quarries always late winter. But when it, a it's funny that you bring coyote... this up. It's funny that you bring this up, Seth, because I got a phone call, and the man that you you're referring to asked me if I've ever been outrun by three-legged <laughs> coyote. <laughs> so I had to tell him that one time I I ran a coyote into a tin horn. And I right. tied his back feet together. Once again, this is a February coyote. I tied his back. I pulled him, got him out of the tin horn, which is a culvert. And uh, once I got him out of the culvert, I tied his back feet together and turned and threw him on the ground to try to get up and, and walk away. Well, when I stood up and turned around, he was running off with his back legs tied together. So I run up and I turned my dogs out. I got smoked, boys. I'm talking <laughs> smoked. By a by a hobbled three-legged coyote? Or, a, a, <laughs> or just a hobbled coyote? I, I don't really like telling that story on the podcast. <laughs> now, now all my dogs look like trash. That's it. <laughs> but it is what it is. I mean, you know, it's it's not about the catch at all times. It's about having fun. So Yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, that was just I couldn't believe it. I was I was laughing so hard and my the guy who told me that story, he said he was in the he was in the truck with the dogs and the guy who turned the coyotes loose was just like what is going on? Like get this guy yeah. and he just he, he said he was made of Teflon. They just couldn't grab him. That thing was yeah, slipping. Right. Yeah. Wow. They, he was missing a leg. He had one less appendage to trip up. So he had right. an adv- he had an advantage. There you so go. We've always uh and, it, and it's something that every coyote hunter can tell you. And I've been to hundreds of dog trades. And every dog trade, there will be a guy that will tell you, if you ever pull up on a coyote that is having a bowel movement, put your, leave your dogs in a box because you are not going to catch him. That, that half a pound or whatever they discreet out of them makes them be able to fly. You just there's no reason in turning out. I've been outrun four or five times on coyotes that were taking a just, dump, well, after, and I was like, "Man, this is going to be an easy catch right here." And don't turn out on Chris right now. Him. Do not turn out on Chris. He's going to outrun That's you. Right. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I was right. getting there guacamole, guacamole, them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can I can relate, man. I wasn't going to be much for mobility until I until I took care of the spicy guacamole this morning. <laughs> now you feel like you can run a mile. Oh, huh? I'm spry now. <laughs> yeah, buddy. That coyote was just clearing that spicy roadkill and getting ready. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Yeah. The, what What surprised me is, you know, I knew a hair that David Heist had told me. He's like, you know, oh, a coyote can run so much better than you would imagine. And, and so I was like, okay, because I knew a hair. Obviously, a hair runs faster and more agile. But I, I was getting kind of snobby about hair dogs. Not in the fact that 
just that I was like, oh, you know, hares are so hard to catch and they're the ultimate running prey. So when I went coyote hunting, I was like, let's just see what these got. The first coyote that came up, I was like, wow, I did not realize the coyote can juke, jive, and run like that. They are oh, super yeah. fast. They got outrun yes. by our first coyote. I was like, whoa, like, wow, yeah. they're quick. Well, they're really quick. Well, you got to think that, you know, I mean, that's all a coyote does. You know, you, you don't hardly ever see a coyote walking to something. They're that's always true. jogging. They're always exactly. running. You know, so that, I mean, that's, that's them. That's what they do, you know. So when you, when you go to turn it out on a coyote, you don't want, around here we have to take, sometimes we have to take quarter mile turnouts. And I know that sounds far-fetched, but it really, truly is. We put our dogs on the ground three, four, five hundred yards behind a coyote. And they have to go to the coyote. So that coyote has a, a huge advantage already, you know, being that far sure. out. And he's booking it. A lot of people, you know, uh, I'm going to ask you actually, Scotty, why don't you describe a typical coyote hunt? So what is a typical morning of, of looking for a coyote entail from the second you get in your wagon to the moment you see a coyote and turn loose? Explain that whole thing to us. So our, our listeners, especially our from around the world, can understand what a coyote sighthound hunt is like. Start from well, the we, start loading the dogs up. When you once you get your dogs loaded and you know you head out of town and and start looking around, you're basically just driving looking for a coyote to be standing, especially early in the mornings. You you'll catch more coyotes standing out in the middle of pastures and stuff like that. Now once you see that coyote standing there and you start to pull up to him, he's gonna book it. He's gonna turn. He's gonna he's gonna go to where he he knows he can try to get away from you. Coyotes are very, very smart. If they've ever got away from you one time, however they got away from you, the next time you see them, they'll use that same exact path to try to get away from you again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So once you get out and get rolling, you know, you try to get, like I said, early in the morning, you try to, you try to find coyotes standing for the most part. And then once it comes later on in the day, you know, uh, say 10, 10 30 in the morning or whatnot, when they've all kind of bedded down from being out all night, that's when you start pulling into places and you start, you know, rattling them up. You got to get them up, get them moving. Get How do you running. do that? Uh, usually we just pull in and honk or, you know, we, we own a lot of the <laughs> land that we hunt on so we can actually pull in and, and shoot a shotgun across there and just try to shoot, you know, in the general direction that they're at and get them up. Once you get them up, then you can kind of run them to where you need to, to have somebody else. We hunt with, uh, four guys here in town. We have four different hunting trucks that we hunt. So we all hunt together. And, and once again, just like we were talking about on the dogs being a team, us four gentlemen are teams as well. Definitely. We, when one guy pulls into the field, and starts making noise his his object is to run that coyote to another man to another set of dogs if he can't get the turnout he wants to take that coyote to a guy that can get a turnout gotcha so, gotcha you know we all take turns on who gets to pull into the field and you know who, who runs who runs what coyote and you know if 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 one of us has caught a, a couple of coyotes a day we try to get the guy that hasn't had a turnout or hasn't caught a coyote we will deliberately run that coyote to that man. You know? Gotcha. So that yeah, because you guys have to direct them around all those mesquites. When I say direct yeah. them, I'm assuming you just are using your trucks kind of as a block. Not, not 
I mean, yeah, explain that. So how do you drive a coyote in the direction you need it to do? I, I mean, I can't imagine you guys are bombing across those ag fields in those trucks. Or, or what's, yes. how you doing it? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely some redneck stuff. Uh, <laughs> you spend some, you, you, will def, you will tear up a lot of, a lot of time and money in that truck just to, okay, well, I've done it for 40 years. And there's not a week that goes by that you don't hunt Saturday and Sunday and you work on your truck Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday <laughs> to try to get it ready to go back Saturday and Sunday again because you oh, just tear it up. I mean, you you are hauling butt across the pasture. You're hitting mesquite trees. You're hitting holes that, that you know, no it's, truck can take. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a dangerous sport. Sometimes it can get a little Western. We've, oh, uh, man. We've rolled pickups. We've torn them up pretty bad. We've bent frames on trucks, and I mean, it it gets pretty serious. (laughs) These these guys take this stuff a little too serious sometimes. So, so So, why are you guys not using UTVs like Rangers and stuff? Because we use Polaris Rangers, and they are amazing. Like they're so smooth. Shout out to Polaris. (laughs) Right. Well, once once again, that uh that goes back to our section lines. You know, uh, we're not we're not in big open open areas where we can run UTVs and stuff gotcha, like that. Gotcha, so what gotcha. we have to do is when we pull into a place, we, we basically use oil field roads because there's so much oil field here that we use oil field roads to get through the section. You know, we're not actually hauling butt out across the path. You know, if we can find a smooth open spot, yes, we will. But once again, we're yeah, in yeah. patches over mm. and over and over. And so you, you try to find out how the coyote gets away from you. Got like it. if he goes down in a saltwater draw or something like that and then sneaks out of the place on you, that's where you you locate the other gentleman, the other coyote hunter. You put him there. Right. You tell him to park there and then let's try to run it again and see if he goes to the same place. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. So, it, so how but, close are you to Wichita Falls, Scotty? I am ten minutes north of Wichita Falls. Oh man. I go there like four times a year. Okay, I'm going to totally come hunting with you this year. HXP fans, stay tuned. We're going to hang out together. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's make, we'll, awesome. we'll make a podcast out of my pickup. That'll be sweet. Oh, yeah, man, Chris, be. you got to fly down, Chris, after the <laughs> COVID stuff ends. <laughs> yeah, it'll be wild. We don't worry about that COVID down here. We're, we're, not, we're, we're from Texas. We don't care. Yeah, I guess we're pretty socially distant anyway. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's me. You know, unless unless I'm hanging with my dogs, that's about it. So yeah, no, same, I don't think my same. dogs are going to pass it on to me. So, so I, I want to get back to the I want to get back to the hunt just real quick because I you brought up a question I have in my mind. So when when you guys see a coyote or you get one up, you know, not everybody's dropping everything. You're strategically placing people around that section in case you get outran so you can put fresh dogs in behind, or how's that work? Yeah, yeah, basically that's it. You know, I mean, if uh, if the guy on the inside can get a turnout, you know, better, ha- you know, hats off to him. But if if uh, we can pr- push the coyote to another person, that's just as well to us, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I hunt with my father, my best friend, and my father's best friend. We've all... We've all hunted together for 40 years, so we know each other. We're not trying to – there There are times when we like to try to cut each other, you know, and we like to like to, we <laughs> yeah, like to pull yeah. up and, and turn out, you know, two sets of dogs on one just to see who's got the faster dogs or whatever. We make it fun. Of, uh, my dad's put me in the bar ditch a couple of times, and I've tried to put him 
through a fence <laughs> a couple of times to go to a cup. You know, that's that's the way a game works. You know, we have fun with it, and and it's it's all about. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be my dogs catching a coyote. I'd just assume watch somebody else's dogs run than I would mine. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoy yeah, watching I was, my dogs I was run. I'm say you're a better man than I am. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's hard. It's, sometimes it's hard. You know, it, it's really yeah. hard to uh, have a coyote, you know, 50, 100 yards in front of you and your dogs are screaming bloody murder to get out of that box. You know, they're rocking the truck back and forth and, and you're trying to drive that coyote to another man so he can get a turnout. You know, that, that that's what, uh, that's what makes it really fun. That's what makes a, the hunt, the hunt, you know, is when all of right. us can get together and have fun. So how many runs, how many runs can your dogs do a day? Oh, I've caught with one set. I've caught 11. Oh, so, Oh yeah. my gosh. What a day. Turnouts. Yeah. Yeah, well, me and my father, we caught 24 out in Amarillo, or out Dumas. We caught 24 with one set of dogs one day. Oh, but they were my up. They were burnt up after that. They We didn't run them for almost two weeks after that. Holy smokes. We had a, uh, out there, you know, Seth, it's kind of like where you're at. Uh, it's a lot of big open country. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't too hard because we could actually run the coyote down in the pickup. Um, oh, I see, I see. You could close you know, you that could gap. Yeah. Right, you could get a close turnout. You could get you know fifty yard turnout. So, and once you, uh, once you ever break a coyote down, if he's running flat out with his tail out, if you can get him to jot either way, or if you can stop him, that coyote cannot reach full speed again for like a quarter mile. Oh, uh, okay. You know, so it's actually helping you out if you can get a coyote to break down for you. You're actually slowing him up because he can't gain his speed back as fast as those dogs can yeah and you know one thing i noticed when i was hunting here is that you always see that coyote that's what kind of surprised me and blew me away i don't know what i was expecting but when i saw the first time we went hunting the coyote's out at a mile away and he's running at full steam ahead across the prairie already he's heard your truck coming and he's already flooring it and so you have to gain at least some ground to turn your they can't your dogs can't even see the coyote it's so far away and so that's that's what surprised me you know a hare comes up literally underneath your feet. And so when a coyote is way smarter than a hare, they have a different predator avoidance strategy and they're, they hear that truck coming, they're flooring it. So like you were saying, you got to see that coyote, gain some ground with your pickup, let the dog see it, then turn the dogs loose. And so, and, and that's kind of the picture I wanted you to paint for the, for the people that are like, how the heck do you catch a coyote with greyhounds? So yeah, it, it is a lot different. One thing I really like the difference between rabbits and hares I thought is, the, the dogs can get a, a coyote sighted much sooner than a hare because obviously they're five, ten times the size of a hare. And it's kind of exciting to watch something that large running with the dogs, you know? Yeah. And once once again, the coyote's generally moving, you know. I mean, oh, he's yeah. not He's not stuck still down in a bush, you know, just like a hare is. He's not sitting still. He's not, you know, I mean, once, like you're saying, as soon as you pull into that gate, if you've ever run a coyote through a through a field one time and it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a hunter if a oil field driver or farmer or anything like that has kicked that coyote up and made him move out of his out of his uh, bedding place every time that truck pulls in that coyote will naturally stand up and walk off either he'll walk off or he'll start jogging off mm-hmm. you know it's just that it, it's their natural instinct just like you're saying if they're that's their predator thing. They they understand that they have to move and get out of the way to stay 
stay alive. So that's what makes it easier for them dogs, for our coyote dogs, to be able to see them, the coyotes, is because the coyote's already moving. Gotcha. Yeah, it doesn't just spring up out of the grass and, and take off. They're, they're already out there. The dogs can have a second to kind of scan out and look. And I'm imagining your really good sets, they know that. And they're probably, when you pull up to a field, they're probably eyes out, aren't they? Yes, sir. Uh, our dogs look out of the box constantly. And uh, I have some dogs that have really good eyesight. If you don't see the coyote, if they scream, pull your latch. Really? So they, they see him and they're going to go to him. You know, and there's sometimes when the coyote's a half a mile away, you know, and they, they see him walking down a fence line or something like that. And then we have to kind of play the coyote, you know, we have to, but they will definitely help you out on finding coyotes. They're really focused. That's bridging (laughs) the gap right there between different kinds of houndsmen. It's like rigging for bears or, or uh, cats or anything like that. You know, you may not see it, but your hounds are going to let you know. That's pretty cool. Hey, I got a, I got a question. So you're, you're running down 11 to, you know, 11 coyotes a day. What are you doing in between runs to, to re-energize those dogs and using any kind of supplements, anything like that in water? Just basically water, you know. And then when I say that we run that that eleven coyote, that was a that was an all time high for me. Usually we catch uh, one, two, maybe three coyotes a day here, um, you know, and that and that's in one pickup. So it's generally not like you're running your dogs constantly. And once again, we only run them in the winter time when it's nice and cool, so that way you don't burn your dogs up uh coyote dogs these big big hairy stag dogs they're a whole lot more profound to get hot they uh we do what we call lung them which is you know they blow a lung out or something like that because they ran too far and then it's not really the run that gets them it's the fight you know once they've run a half mile to three quarters of a mile and then they have to turn and fight a coyote that's where they get overheated where they get exhausted yeah, yeah it's so, uh, intense there <laughs> yeah yeah, in, in between races, I like I like to go find a pond, then uh, let my dogs out, let them all lay in the water for a few minutes, you know, let them get mm-hmm. a good drink, and then load them back up. Let's go again. Let's go get another one. Yep. Well, yep. I think I think most people might be a little bit uh, have a misconception of of what a winter temperature is like where you're at. Tell us what your temperatures are typically like typically like when you're hunting, Scotty. Oh. Uh, I don't really necessarily like to hunt my dogs unless it's about 50 or below, 55 or below. Um, it's down here as of this morning, it was, it's 79 degrees with 96% humidity. Uh. So humidity <laughs> is absolutely horrible here. So, you know, it, it's hard on dogs. I mean, even out here in the pens and stuff, they dig monster holes trying to, get down and get in, and i have shaded pins of they uh, i do everything i can to keep them keep them in luxury but it other than just letting them in the house and the ac and mama she don't like that none at all so <laughs> but uh yeah. and it, when it comes down to winter time uh i'm a hunter so i take my dogs out you know pretty pretty regular even in even here in the summertime i take them out and just let them run around for a little while let them find a pond you know but when it comes to actual coyote hunting, it's it's about fifty five degrees or lower is the only time I'll actually. And how go cold does it get? Dog. Oh, it gets. Well, we get down to here in Texas. Usually, 
around 25 is the lowest that we'll go, mm-hmm. you know, so you're usually around 35 or something like that on a, is on average. So yeah, yeah those, not the coyote bad. hunters in the North that are trailing them with scent hounds, those guys are hunting in way colder temperatures than us. I, Man, New Mexico winter here in southern New Mexico, it's even warmer than where you're at. And our average January day in the in the at noon in January, the average temperature is 55. And that's just perfect to me. I mean, you don't need it. You can hunt in a T-shirt, but it's still totally cool enough to let the dogs be safe at full capacity. So, I mean, yeah, (laughs) I guess uh, I like where I live because I get a run all winter with no snow and it's cool enough that everyone can have a great time, but it's now I'm not enjoying it right now. You know, yesterday or last week it was 113 at my house. That's not so fun, but in the winter time, it's very enjoyable to hunt here. So I I really, uh, I really do not like super frigid biting cold and I've never really experienced it because I've lived my whole life in Southern New Mexico, but it's just a different kind of dog and a different kind of gear, I suppose. But no thanks. Yeah. The, uh, well, the, Seth, there's another there's another difference there too. Is is you know a hair when you're when you're coursing dogs and stuff. Generally, you're out with them. You know, you're out walking with them. The good thing about coyote hunting is the way we have our boxes set up on our trucks and stuff. We have a heater. <laughs> we don't uh, leave the heater of the pickup. You know, so it doesn't really matter how cold it gets. You don't want to burn your dogs. You don't want to. Uh, when it gets too cold like that, you know, you don't want to burn your lungs on your dogs or anything. You, you know, you want to try to keep them healthy as possible to, mm-hmm. to be able to run coyotes with, like you're saying, them guys up North, they run in a lot colder temperatures. And that's another thing that goes back to why people like stag dogs, you know, why they like the hairy, hairy stag dogs and stuff. Cause they seem to take that a lot better. Oh, they don't my dogs are naked. <laughs> right right well that's what i'm saying you know the yeah. big stag dogs they don't seem to take the heat as well you know they they're the ones that are out there digging the big holes and and constantly panting no matter what they will stand under the water hose while you're feeding <clears throat> i have big water tubs in all my dog pens and my dogs will literally sit <clears throat> inside their water tubs you know they can get <laughs> in there and sit because they're, they're just ready to cool off it's too yeah, hot yeah you know definitely uh-huh. I'm there with them. <laughs> Did you listen to the uh, podcast that we had Arlie Reynolds on? That's where I was headed earlier uh, for oh, no, I didn't. Feeding, feeding for nutrition and performance. Yeah, you might want to give that a listen at episode 31. That's why I asked you about supplementation. He talked about using uh, glycerol half an hour before you're going to work a dog, an hour to half an hour, and then supplementing with um, – uh, Oh heck! What am I thinking of, Seth? Well, I like Dex- to supplement with like a yeah uh, dextrose. Yeah. It's a corn sugar. Yeah, well, it's a yeah, very corn. quickly metabolized. Yeah, yeah. And since sighthounds are anaerobic, they're going to be using a lot of glycogen when they run, and so those those fast carbs are quickly metabolized into glycogen, re, re right. replenishing their lost glycogen stores. I, I do that for mine, but like you were saying, uh with the with the rabbit dogs like we were saying a lot earlier in the podcast rabbit dogs are bred for running that is all they're bred to do is to run faster farther and more agile and coyote dogs you have to find that blend of strength and speed and yes, so sir. some would argue that a coyote dog is a more complete coursing dog because it has to do more tasks than just run and so that's subjective but i uh i i sometimes have a hard time not uh 
not agreeing with that because I mean, you really are having to build this animal that has to do with more tasks than just run with superior ability. And yes, I like that. that. I think that's really cool. That's definitely a two-way street there. You know, that is subjective for sure. Um, they they are bred for, you know, they, they do have a little bit more intense to them. You know, it's not just a, it's not just to catch the hair and, you know, that's it. I've, I've been around rabbit dogs my entire life. I've, of course, rabbits and stuff my entire life also. I uh, know some very good people that do it, Ricky Hickey and, and all these guys that do it. Uh, David Dean Highs, uh, I've been with them all. They, uh, the, the dogs are a little bit different as in the intensity of the fight, you know, and that's what, that's what a coyote hunter looks for Mm -hmm. is the, is the, the will to go make it happen to want to, want to actually fight. There's not a lot of, uh, hot bloods and stuff. But like I said, there, there are a few there, they do come around. They, you do have some that have a, a lot of aggression to them and stuff that work pretty well, but they're just, they're hard to find. You know, I think one thing, to, one thing Oh, I wanted to clear up is that like, when you say the fight, I think a lot of people are confused. Are these dogs like vicious? And, and I say no. And one thing I wanted to kind of make very clear is that this is engaging a coyote in a predatory manner. So, uh, you know, the coyote dogs I've all been around are super friendly with people and you throw them all in a box with a bunch of other coyote dogs and they're fine. They're not out to fight other dogs. That's not, that's not what they're looking for. They're, these are predators and they want to yes, run sir. out and engage and quickly kill a coyote. They're not fighting a, like a, like a pit bull fight. This is like, go out. It's, it's, it's like a leopard or a mountain lion killing a, a, a deer. It's they run out there, they take him down, they get him down, and it's over, you know. And and so sounds more like a cheetah chasing a gazelle. And that's how I would describe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I was sir. Also yeah, surprised and it, by that. you're really right. That's uh, you know, a lot of people think that when they see my dogs or whatever, they see my post on Facebook about coyote hunting, they're always like, "Man, your dogs must be vicious." Negative. No way. And I mean, I have a four-year-old daughter that can handle these dogs with nothing, you know, it's never, there's no fear. I've never had a gray. I can't say I've never had a greyhound that wasn't aggressive, but it's few and so far between, you know, the ones that are, the ones that are that way were bred just like, or not bred, but were taught just like you would teach a house dog to bark at a stranger or to bark at the doorbell or anything. They were taught that. You know, and mm. so when when these dogs, when people come over and look at my dogs, they're like, oh, my God, they're so friendly. And I was like, well, yes, I don't teach them to be, you know, mean to people. I'm not teaching them to be, you know, uh, aggravated with other right. things. Right. Their job is to go catch prey. One of the That's things, all they want to do. One of the things that we're trying to get the message out, and we've been talking about it here lately, especially with there's more people out in these wild places now with this COVID stuff. We've said this a few times, but hunting license sales are up and there's just more people out looking for alternative sources, uh, trying to understand hunting and things like that. So man, if you get an opportunity, don't avoid people, you know, when you see them out, let them get familiar with your dogs and let, we have to control the narrative on what hound hunting is and how we're going to be perceived. And if, if we see somebody out and sometimes a smile on a wave is 
is enough to, you know, make those people feel all right. We just came back from Idaho and uh, uh, ran into some people up on the mountain that were from out of state. And uh, I told Larry, I said, stop the truck, you know, because he was pulled off and he was looking at the dogs and I said, stop the truck. I got out and I talked to him. He was really interested. He's not a bear hunter. But in my in my opinion, we have to we are the only ones that can educate the non-hunting public and people that aren't familiar with our lifestyle, but we have to be conscious of it and be willing to pull off and say, take a couple minutes and say, Hey, yeah, you can, you can take a look at the dogs and people, people by nature, um, we're in a dog friendly society now. So if we want to control the narrative and keep, keep dog hunting, hunting with dogs on the landscape, we've got to make that effort. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally agree. So, um, I, I totally agree with that. You're, I mean, you can't be no more than 100% correct on that whole statement right there. That, uh, a lot of people think that, that houndsmen use their dogs incorrect. You know, uh, they're using them for ill-mannered ways. That's not, that's not the truth at all. You know, these dogs are bred to do what we breed them to do. You know, that's, uh, that's what they and that goes as far as any kind of hunting from coon hunters to pig hunters to any kind of hunt that that a dog is involved in that that is what those dogs were bred to do how are you adding how are you adding value to your community scotty by hunting coyotes in your part of the world what what value are you adding what service uh, are you providing to your ranchers and your farmers Really, yeah, really, that's the biggest part of it is actually it's not so much to the ranchers nowadays as it is to the deer hunters. You know, uh, man, people around here pay tremendous amounts of money to places to go out and shoot deer. Uh, Coyotes kill a lot of deer. I mean, they, you know, have a young fawn. They can sniff them things out all day long. That's what they're, that's what they do. That's how they're, they're, they're you know source for food is so uh when it comes to cattle and stuff like that yeah a lot of farmers love us to hunt them you know, right. they they uh, i've been pulled over many and many and many of times by farmers hey come on come on come on you know come down here i got a coyote over here you know and they'll go watch my dogs and and just like we were talking a second ago those farmers see the same thing that oh man I thought them dogs were aggressive, you know, towards people and stuff. Well, them dogs just going out and doing a job. You right. know, when they come back to the truck, they're like, oh, well, they pet on them. They, man, these dogs are really nice. You know, they, they're not what they, they thought coyote dogs were for, you know. Mm-hmm. They're not big, mean, vicious dogs towards anything except for prey. Yeah, that's the point I was trying to make. You know, we do this because we have a passion for hunting with dogs. But we also do it because it's part of wildlife management. It's about yes, predator control. Right. It's about, um, you know, balanced approach to wildlife management. And you can't ignore one part of, of that without, without throwing the whole system into a tailspin. And, and That's right. we just, uh, I, I wanted to touch on that with you, Scotty, because I can tell you're passionate, but it's more than just catching coyotes. You're actually adding value to your community by being out there and chasing these coyotes and hogs, yes, hogs too. Yes, sir. Nobody, yes, sir. I, 
no, but no landowner needs an excuse to shoot a hog, you know, or, right. you know, they, they want less hogs. So definitely. Right. Yeah. That's I found it. Coyote hunters always have a good green light with, with ranchers around in my neck of the woods. Every, <laughs> every rancher's like, heck yeah. You know, get those dogs out there. Cause what we love about hounds for coyotes is no poison. And, and, and that's the big one. A lot of ranchers are like, oh, you know, we, I, I, it scares me to use poison out here. Cause I don't want them to be secondary poisoning other animals. And, right. uh, I don't want that to be on my land, you know, and the dogs are a great way to get out there and be very selective. You know what right. I mean? And so they see a coyote, they run, they catch so a, coyote. a true hound. Go ahead. Yeah. A true houndsman will always have that respect for farmers and, and stuff like that will always gain that respect from the farmers. But once again, there, there are people out that are involved in this sport, not just as coyote hunting, but in, in any, any kind of hunting situation that aren't doing right, that aren't, that aren't true houndsmen. They don't get no respect. They, they run across places they shouldn't be doing, you know, they do things they shouldn't do that a true houndsman knows better. You know, it's, it's a, a true houndsman. It ain't just about, you know, the love of the sport. It's about doing right by people and trying to make things right. Yeah. That way, our heritage is always passed down to the next generation. Uh, if one generation ain't doing right, the next generation is not going to have anywhere to hunt. You're going to be run off. You're not, you know, I mean, so you've got to look at, you got to look at the big, broad picture of, of everything. Um, you know, from, like you're saying, from having the controlled, you know, population of varmints and stuff like that, where you try to keep that in check, but then you try to work with farmers. You try to work with people that have coyotes that come up to houses out in the country, you know, that yeah. take cats and stuff like that. And you, and you really try, a true houndsman should have to work with those people constantly to keep hound, houndsmen hunters a tradition, you know. Preserve, or protect, and promote. Preserve, That's right. protect, and promote. Right. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a an in, an integral part of wildlife management for sure, and that's what we're trying to use this podcast for: is to give people the confidence, but also give them the message that they need to be carrying out there. And uh, uh, when they're out there hunting, we used to talk about this a lot in hunters' education. You know, when you strap on, when you put on that orange vest or you put that orange hat on, people don't see you as an individual. They put That's you right. in a group of people. So if you, right. if you go out there and you act like a, you know, you, you do things that are going to bring a bad light, it, nobody's going to say that's Chris Powell. And, right. and they're going to say that's a that's a houndsman, and that's why I don't like houndsmen. So that right. guilty guilty by association. Absolutely, goes. and when they see that dog so box far. running down the road, and then they see things that they don't like, mm -hmm. if we don't take care, take time to explain the things that they might misunderstand, that's one thing. But if we're doing things that are criminal then we just we just disparage the whole hound hunting community with that one act. And I don't care. You know, we we hear a lot about we need more hunters, we need more hunters, we need I don't agree with that. We we need good hunters. We need people that right. aren't going to shoot holes in the boat, you know, and and sink this ship. So You're if, exactly right. If you can't get on board with that, then go do something else. 
you know, go ride a skateboard or do something. I don't care what it is. You know, just don't don't defame my legacy and my lifestyle. You're exactly one hundred percent right. I've uh, I've literally been in fistfights over this over the same exact thing over people not not abiding by what's right for coyote hunters. You know, doing wrong things and and then uh, well, it ruins it for all of get, us. That's well, the yeah. Problem. Well, you know, and I I get the phone call on a Wednesday morning. You know, hey, I told you not to run across that week. Well. I'm at work, you know, I'm not, I'm not driving across your place right now. Well, who is this guy in this, you know, and I know the guy, you know, and I mean, I know, you know, it's a, it's another coyote on her or whatever, you know, and I know the guy and be like, man, no, no, I'm, I'm brought in the middle of this when I wasn't even there, you know, and, and I, and I do right. There's places that I know I can't hunt that I just drive by. I don't mm-hmm. put my dogs, I don't care if there's a coyote 20 yards beside me begging for me to turn out. I'm not going to do it. You know, because those are the yeah. places we have to respect what others want from us, you know, and uh, there there are times that that you can you can kind of pull, you know, strings a little bit, you know, to try to, hey, little, that cow might have been messing with your calves or something like that, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Or something, you know, and and and, and 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 I'm being in all seriousness, you know, and and farmers, and that's how you can gain some respect out of these farmers is, is right. by doing some stuff like that and showing them, hey, look, you know, my dogs ain't running your cattle, I'm not catching your calves or anything like that, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to do, and I'm trying to help you out. Yeah, you see but that. Then kind of... sometimes that just you know, you just have to go on about your day and not not let that urge overtake you, you yeah you see that coyote standing out in that cattle pasture that you don't have permission to be on so you drive down the road and boom you meet the the rancher coming up the road and you say hey i just want to let you know there's a coyote standing out in your cattle pasture i didn't exactly right didn't turn out on him but i want to let you know it's there and nine times out of ten that rancher is going to say why didn't you turn out on him why didn't you (laughs) you know why didn't you kill him well i I don't have permission well you do now you know, right. so, you but if you right. turn out, turn out on that coyote and you don't have permission and then the rancher comes down the road, you've got nowhere to go. Yep. He's like, why yep. are you here? If you handle yep. it, handle it the other way, good chance you're going to get permission to hunt there. Right. Well, you know, and, and, and that's the key to it is it's not, it's not about just you. Like I said earlier, you know, I hunt with my father and my best friend and them. If one of us gets run off, all of us got run off. Mm-hmm. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm, you know, it's uh, one of those things that, that, like I said, guilty by association, you know, even those days when you hunt by yourself, you have to fight that urge. Say, hey, man, you know, that'd have been an easy catch, but <laughs> I just got to go on down the road, you know, yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it for me. This has been a passion. It's, it's a, it's a lifelong love that I've had. It's, it's, it's not just a heritage, but it, it's, I mean, it, it's installed in me. It was, it's almost like I was bread just like these dogs we're talking about we call you know, it a lot we call it a lifestyle would, scotty right it, yeah it, it, it go it runs deep in my lifestyle yeah. you know yeah. it's, so it's i don't want to i don't want to take that from anybody else there are people out there that are just like me like my father like my best friend that that's what they're installed to do too you know and then i don't want i don't want to i don't want to take me putting my dogs on a coyote one time can ruin it for all of us. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to take that chance. I don't, it, it's just a coyote that, you know, it's, it's just, it's just a turnout. 
mm-hmm. I can go down the road and, and try it again. You know, and right. if not, if I don't get a turnout that day, oh, well, hey, at least I know I can go out tomorrow. I can go out the next day. I can load my dogs. I can go do whatever I want to with them, you know, and not yep. not have to look over my shoulder and worry Oh man, you know, is this farmer going to get mad or, you know, am I going to, is the game warden going to come look for me or anything <laughs> like that? But, you know, that's, that's things that hunters shouldn't have to truly worry about. It's true. If you're doing I mean, right, if you're doing right, that green pickup will never scare you. Yep. Right. It's true. So, well, I, you I, said something earlier about getting in a fist fight. How big old boy are you? I'm big enough. <laughs> I've, I've looked at your profile picture. I'm, I'm, I'm big like, enough. I've, yeah. There's a. I fought like I told you. I I fought bulls with Seth for uh, 16 years. You know, with Shorty. 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 Yeah. His name. Shorty. No, no. Shorty's name is Seth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. His his real name is Seth. Also. I just Seth wanted. Moore. I just wanted to clarify for our listeners since we got Seth Hall on here. Yeah, not this right. Seth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Seth, okay. Seth just <laughs> does, does stuff like climb cell towers and rock yeah. faces, and <laughs> I, I'm not that big of a I'm not that big of a guy, and I'm I'm really not uh, truly a, a fighter. But I was kind of playing off that Roy D. Mercer. Uh, how how big <laughs> how big old boy are you? How big a yeah, boy are yeah. you? Yeah, I'm, I'm not that I'm not that big, but you won't try me twice. <laughs> hey scotty i got a question for you and this is this is just a, a sight houndsman to a sight houndsman but we'll we'll extrapolate it to the whole world here we're going to geek out on sight hound here we go get ready scotty tell me why you love coursing coyotes over hares because those two are the kings of prey in north america what is it about coyotes that draw you to them what, what do you love about a coyote race or just coyotes in general, or whatever. What do you love about coyotes hunting more than you love about hunting hares? Man, uh, I really, I, I, okay, the simple answer. It's just what I've done. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my my father had got his first. He he bought some rabbit dogs when he was 15 years old, and he rabbit hunted for a couple years, and then he fell into a guy that had coyote dogs. Well, he took his rabbit dogs with that coyote hunter, and he caught a coyote. Well, so he kind of switched. Well, when I was, when I was born... When I hear I the pets. Born, I hear the pets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I was born into it, you know, we had coyote dogs, and that's what we did. You know, it was just a, it was a thing that, you know, me and a bunch of family members did. So it's just always... I don't really truly believe that there's any difference like we were talking about the other night Seth I love a good race it don't matter if it's a hog if it's a coyote or if it's it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what it is as long as them dogs are doing what they're bred to do and that even goes so much as far as cattle dogs you know I mean I love watching a good cow dog work yeah Uh, I feel the same way (laughs) you know it's just that's but when it comes to coyotes that's just what I was that's just what I was born into, you know. I mean, that's what the dogs that we've always had, and it was the dogs that I grew fond of, you know. I'm, gotcha. I, we've we've had rabbit dogs and stuff. I've had Slukies. I've had Irish Wolfhounds. I've had Russian Wolfhounds. I've had, you know, just about anything you can have. Uh, even if Af- Afghan hounds, you know, I've had hmm. some of them. There's this. I don't know. It just always seemed like it fell back to me liking coyote dogs. I, I like the. I like the good race, and I like the the 
you know, the, the hair always has a chance of getting away too also, you know, but when it comes to, oh, yeah. they, they have a, a little better chance of, of working the dogs over. You, you think know? so? Huh. Yeah, I, I truly think so because of, of the longer, like we were talking about earlier, the longer turnouts and stuff. And then around here, the terrain, you know, so it's, it's always, to me, it's always very, very cool to watch your dogs go out of sight and know, oh man, on the other side of that hill or whatever, you know, there's a big deep ravine or there's mesquite patch or whatever. So when you get over to it and your dogs are gone and you wait and you wait and you wait and finally you have to take off walking. And when you walk up, you know, another three quarters of a mile, your dogs have that coyote caught out there in stuff that they never should have went through. They never should have been able to track this coyote through. They have one caught. That is an extreme pleasure. Yeah, it feels great. You've raised those dogs and you've taught those dogs and you've, you know, that, that it all came together that day for you. You know, that and does it, feel it brings, awesome. It's just total joy. You know, I remember the first time I caught my first hair with my two hounds running together as a, as a pair, they were young. And I remember I literally jumped probably you know, it felt like a mile in the air and I was just cheering. I called, I called Dean Bohannon, the guy who bred him right there on the spot in the middle of the prairie, out in the middle of nowhere. I was probably 30 miles from the Mexican border and I called Dean Bohannon on the phone. I was like, my dog just caught their first rabbit. And he was just, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm grinning ear to ear, just imagining what you were saying. You know what I mean? Right. I love it. It's, right. it's what it's all about, you know, That's but I, I would, I would playfully challenge you to say that a hare runs much harder than a coyote. I would say that a, a hare race is warming up in a mile. You're, you're not getting one cotton under a mile out here where I'm at. I just come out here to the prairie and I'll show you what a rock hard rabbit looks like. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, Let's yeah. Do it. I'll take you. I'll take your bet. Let's do it. All right. Heck yeah. Right, I'm not. Sense. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not scared to lose some money or run my dogs. They can, let's, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bring your tape so, measure with you. Yeah, because if they don't go full mile, we're having to redo it, right? Yeah. No, I was thinking so you guys could me- stand around and measure certain parts of bodies or something. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's pretty good. That's oh, pretty man. good. Yeah. That's just a friendly. My man. wife just said I don't need a tape measure for that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it looks like you have your so. your. Uh, I saw you post a video on our Facebook page of you hunting with your daughter. Man, we love to see that. I I love to take my nephew with me out hunting. Your daughter likes to come out and look for coyotes with the binoculars, huh? Oh man, I, both my daughters do. Uh, my oldest daughter, she's twelve now. Uh, she can tell you what section we're in. She can tell you, you know, everything you need to know. Uh, she is she is one hundred percent bred into this too. She is just like me. She loves her dogs. She uh, she owns a couple of them. My wife owns a couple of her uh, her own dogs. Uh, it's a family tradition. It's not, this is something that every summer we sit and bite our nails, bite our oh, nails. Same, We're waiting same. for winter, you know, <laughs> uh, last night, uh, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching some, some movie on TV and my, and my youngest daughter, she's four, four years old. She walks up and she said, I wish we could go coyote, honey. Let's go catch a bobcat. And I was like, <laughs> man, baby, you know, you're making this hard on me. You know, this, this is. Because here in Texas, we can spotlight. So uh-huh. yeah, that, that, that sounds like a good idea. Let's go, you know. But uh-huh. it was late, and we didn't get to go. But, I mean, that's that's just the way it is. It's a, 
it's a family thing. We we spend a lot of time in that pickup together, and there are so many things that that uh, a parent will hear inside that hunting truck that you'll never hear outside of it. You know, mm-hmm. you'll never hear your daughter say, you know, we did this, we did that, or you know, what this is or what that is, unless you're calm in that hunting truck just riding down the road you know because you let all your day everything that's happened to you that week that day or whatever all the bad stuff that's going on in the country in society nowadays all gets dropped as soon as you load those dogs up you know and that's the that's my whole family's out we're we're kind of homebodies you know we love our dogs we work with our dogs every day we don't go around town very much you know, so our out of society is to load them dogs and go hunt. And we awesome. have a blast together. Yeah. I mean, That's how, old, how old are your kids, Scotty? Uh, 12 and four. Yeah. 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 I just, uh, hopefully you can, you can, uh, maintain that. I know my daughters are a lot older, but uh, I've said it, said it before on the podcast, but my middle daughter, she was a diehard, uh, hunter. And I couldn't leave the driveway without her sitting in the passenger seat. You know, even when yeah. I would, she's a manipulator, uh, and she knew how she knew how to play daddy. <laughs> they all are, ain't yeah. They? She is that a basic woman? <laughs> oh my, we're not going there. <laughs> my daughter, my daughter, uh, she was all in. She's bear hunting with me and stuff. But uh, yeah, I miss that because uh, uh, it's just kind of she's as she got to be older then her priorities kind of changed as a young woman and things like that. And I can respect that, but she'll always have that time and I'll always cherish that time. I get to spend with my daughter doing those things. Right. Pretty awesome right. stuff. Yes, Pretty it awesome is. Stuff. It, it really is. Those are, those are memories that will, that will never fade, you know? Yep. For both we of us. Always, we can always talk about that cow we caught, you know, somewhere or, something, yeah. you know, or what our dogs did that day. And, you know, so it's great right. times. Right. I agree. Well, Scotty, I think uh, there's one last question I'd like to ask you before we okay. uh, before we wrap it up. And uh, we kind of ambush people with this question. But uh, what's one piece of advice that you've gotten from uh, a houndsman that you kind of carry with you? Uh, something that, that was impactful on your life as a houndsman. Do you have anything in particular? Uh, man, really, uh, I don't know. My, my dad always told me kind of how to, how to look at dogs, you know, and how to, how to look for what you're wanting in dogs. Um, I really, uh, always kind of follow your heart, you know, on what you're looking at on with your dog, uh, what you like about him and don't, don't ever just let a, a dog go that, that don't look the part that don't mean that they're not going to be the part. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the, some of the ugliest dogs I've ever seen, you know, that didn't have the right bone structure, didn't have the right feet, didn't have the right, you know, hip placement or something like that, you know, just the right size, basic heads or anything like that made the best dogs. Mm. You know, and so and don't ever trust just the breeding of a dog, uh, just because it's bred from, you know, for my example, just because it's bred from two good wolf dogs or two quote unquote name bred wolf dogs 
doesn't mean it's going to be a wolf dog. You know, right. that doesn't mean right. that at all. They, they come in all shapes and forms of fashions. So right. that's a very, very esoteric, that's a very esoteric um, bit of advice to give. Never judge a book by its cover. That's something you right. can tell your kids while you're hunting in the wagon. Yes, sir. Make yes, sure sir. you judge something by its merit. I like that's that. Right. Yep, I do that's too. Right. See what its heart looks like, you know. I mean, see what it. Give it time, you know. Uh, let it play out. You know, let it, you know. Sometimes dogs take up to two years before they, you know, really mature right. So, you know, you got to give it time. You can't just. That's cull great it, advice. You know? That is yeah, great you, advice. You, uh, you can't just call it because you, you know you don't you don't think it's going to be right. You got to give it time, man. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Fully, fully agree. Well, Seth, you got anything else? Yeah, I do. I want to ask you one short question, Scotty. Tell me, you've been running a long, long time. Quit, yes, you know, like what was your favorite dog ever? What was his or her name, and why did you love him or her so much? Oh man, we had a uh, me and my father had a dog named Chico, and this when was, was probably, this? What year was this? Oh man late 80s yeah probably mid to late 80s uh we had a dog named chico and he was bred by by a guy named randy carter uh this dog was absolute beast um you couldn't outrun him we took him to dog tracks to race tracks and he was he's a cold blood half cold uh, actually he was three quarter cold blood he's only a quarter hot but uh Man, we took him to tracks. We took him everywhere. <laughs> this dog, wor- he he worked with us off the back of a welding truck. I mean, he loaded up every day. He, he sat underneath the truck. He was my best friend. Well, that dog was absolute beast when it come to hunting. It didn't matter what it was. I've seen that <laughs> dog. I've in really in all all reality, I've seen that dog go two miles and catch and kill a coyote by himself. You know, he didn't have no help. He lost all the other dogs back in the race and did it by himself after two miles. That's a that's pretty extreme. Yeah, that's uh, intense. That's yeah, intense. This dog was, I mean, he was a super freak. Well, uh, we end up selling him to another guy, and uh, we got a big amount of money for him. And, and back in the 80s, you know, $1,500 was a lot of money back then. Nowadays, that's you're basically paying for just an average dog for fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. But back then, it was good money, and uh, the uh, dog drowned himself. He put one in a pond, and he went out and him and tired. Guy, he, yeah, he 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 uh, he caught the coyote in a pond, and he he actually drowned himself. So, but uh, that was probably my my most favorite dog. I, I we had him four or five years. That dog slept in my at the foot of my bed. He was my buddy. You know, I, I walked, I can't even begin to tell you how many countless miles I've walked at night with that dog with just a flashlight. No cell, that was back before cell phones and pagers and all that mm-hmm. good crap, you know. So it was just me and him. And I was, you know, nine, 10 years old walking through creek bottoms over in Oklahoma with a dog, with one dog. And we caught so much stuff. I mean, it was. That's awesome. that's uh, that's really probably what sold me on dogs was that dog right there that's awesome i love that yeah my first guy he also cruised around with me a lot and i mean he still is i still have him because i've only been doing it for a short time but i feel i mean do you have children do you have descendants of chico 
Uh, no, we do not. We uh, he was he was kind of the last of his deal. Uh, oh, the guy okay. that we 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 bred him a couple of times, but we we've lost that that bloodline now. That's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. It really was a shame. I I wish we could have kept some, but you know, there's there's times when money gets tight and oh yeah, yeah, life happens. You know, life happens. Yep, that's right. So, well, Chris, you wanna you got anything else to add, brother? I think I've covered all the ground we are going to cover with these side houndsers. I mean, I think we can, for time's sake, anyway. I mean, right. we could have a three-day conversation, and <laughs> man, it's just—it it absolutely amazes me uh, every time we bring bring a, a houndsman on that is a little bit outside of my comfort zone when I talk to them. Uh, you know, it's it's not something that I've done, but man, I love to hear about it, and I think it's it's valuable to build unity for our lifestyle to to talk about these things, and like we touched on, you know. We get tons of messages about we want to hear about a guy that's hunting this, or we want to hear a guy about well, this is the Houndsman XP podcast. It's not the game specific. It's it's about that passion that that gets people hardwired and gets them excited to get out there with their hounds. And we've said it before, we don't care what you're chasing. If you've got that desire to get out there and that passion to do okay. that and you you immerse yourself into the lifestyle then you are extreme performance you are houndsman xp and sure. uh, uh so that's why we don't we don't really talk a, a lot about you know the game we're chasing all the time um uh, but uh i can't tell you how happy i am and and how grateful i am for you taking time out of your day to today scotty and and coming on the houndsman xp podcast check out episode 31 about with Dr. Arlie Reynolds about feeding for nutrition and performance. I think yes, you'll, sir. you'll take a lot away, uh, take a, take away a lot from that podcast. And it's a good one to review for all our listeners. So, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Arlie without rehashing the whole thing, but he actually breeds greyhound and some, some, uh, running dogs into his sled dog pack that he, he uses up in Alaska. So, awesome. yeah, it's pretty, awesome. it's, I have to definitely check that out. It's a, it's a good one. It's, uh, it's, it pro, is. it's, it's, yeah. it might be number one, our number one podcast that's had downloads on it. So, um, awesome. Dr. Arlen Reynolds is, is a well-spoken, well-educated guy. And if you listen to that, you'll think, man, I need to start, maybe take some of this stuff back to my, to my running dogs too. But yes, sir. Yeah. So yeah, no matter how long you've been in this game, you can always learn something. You know, yeah. that's, I've told my kids that every time we hunt, I learn something new, you know, and yep. every single time. That's another so, valuable lesson we always talk about. You know, that's right. if, if you get to the point where you're not learning anything, it's time to sell out and go yes, take sir. up, take up you know badminton or something because right, yes yeah. sir yeah. 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 yeah go fight go fight some bulls yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. love paul saying paul domsky said he's like i've been in it long enough to realize i don't know anything exactly yeah 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 that. exactly yeah yeah my dad tells me that all the time he, he i forget more stuff than you'll ever learn <laughs> so, yeah so, yeah that's a good one so, well scott so guys I, I really appreciate it I, I enjoyed being on the show thank y'all very much you we'll have another scotty i promise brother yeah. i'm gonna get up there and hunt with you when i go to when i go up there to wichita to thermalize some bacon i'm gonna head your way too and we'll, we'll run Iowa park, right yes yeah, sir yeah. Iowa, yeah, yeah i hunt in Iowa park 
Yeah, come on. I'm I'm five minutes away from there. I hunt I, I hunt coyotes on their back doorsteps. So awesome. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, Scotty, bring some dogs with you. We'll we'll run some rabbits. Yeah, get, right, and good. bring your tape measure and some cash, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave the tape measure at home. I'm not worried about that. Bring some cash. <laughs> bring the cash. Yes, sir. You're going to lose some money, brother. Yeah. <laughs> guys, I appreciate it. Y'all have guys, a great day. We, until we get together again, just one last thing. You follow your hounds, I'll follow mine.